no pastor won't let me have it next Sunday morning, and uh, so I wouldn't won't be able to finish this if I don't get it done tonight. So I'm going to talk about talk about what we talked about this morning, and we talked this morning about uh, some practical the practical side of being an always answered asker. And we talked about not doubting that God gives. In other words, that He's not withholding from us, and we need to settle that. That if our that our when when we need, when we don't have the answer to our prayer, it's not because God's withholding. When especially when we come to God concerning His promises. Now I said this morning I need to clarify of several things or actually just take them further. But I said, God sometimes does say no. But the only time God ever says no to your prayer is when you ask amiss. In other words, when you ask something out of His will, He's going to say no. (laughs) But as long as you ask according to His will, the answer will never be no. So the answer will never be no to healing. The answer will never be no to, to, to meeting your need, prospering you. But sometimes the answer is no when we ask for something that's not His will. And you know, you got to understand that because people pray crazy prayers out there. I mean, they pray that uh, God will let them marry somebody else's wife and all sorts of crazy things. You know, uh, people pray for somebody's house and they're living in it. You know, and it ain't for sale. You know, and and they, <laughs> they pray crazy things. And God says no when we ask amiss, we ask out of His will. But that's the only time He says no. And it's important that when, but when we pray for the things that God has already bought for us in redemption and the promises that He has put in His Word, He never says no. His, he's always yes concerning His promises. And so... Uh, and then we talked this morning about understanding that delay de, that the delay is not denial. In other words, just because there's a delay in the answer does not mean that God has denied you. And it's important for us to to uh, not interpret any delay that we have in our prayers being answered. You know, I've noticed that things usually always take longer than I think they will. Do you know what I'm saying? Things usually, I'm always, especially when God talks to me about something, when God speaks to me and He he initiates it and He says, believe me for something. When God, and I talked this morning about the things He's told me to believe Him for, anytime God speaks to you or gives you unction to believe Him for something, He's wanting you to ask. And so it's important that when you have unction about something, and, and maybe if he, even if you don't hear the still small voice exactly saying, believe me for a house, maybe you don't hear the voice, but, but, but something, but you get a witness in the service or something somebody says you get a witness to, and, and, and you begin to have an unction about that, well, God, God's leading you to ask. And you know, if you're in doubt, just ask the Lord, ask Him, do you want me to ask you for this? But whatever you do, don't just say, well, you know, if He wants me to have it, He'll give it to me. That's a good way not to get what God wants for you to have. Just say, well, if He wants me to have it, He'll give it to me. No, He won't. we have to ask. He tells us throughout the Word of God that we're to ask. And so we have to ask. To be an always answered asker, you got to ask. You can't just, lots of Christians are thinking, well, if God wants to prosper me, He will. You know, don't you know people that think like that? There's lots of Christians that God won't, I heard, I've heard people tell me, God wants to heal me, He will. Well, of course He won't. That'd be like saying, somebody saying, well, if God wants to save me, He will. Well, we know salvation doesn't work that way, does it? 
Well, nothing else in the kingdom works that way either. And so God wants to answer, and He's, but He's, you know, Jesus is the author and the developer of our faith. He's wanting us to ask. He's wanting us to ask so He, he can teach us how to operate in faith. And I know some people don't really understand about the material things. They get a little jittery about thinking God says, ask me for a car, ask me for a house. But God would rather you practice on material things than to practice on people. You know, even in medical school, they don't just bring people in there right away. They bring, uh, even, they bring dead people. I mean, what do they call Cadavers. I started to say cadavers. <laughs> One of cadavers. They bring cadavers, but they also have those, uh, you know, they have, uh, they have models that they can, you know, I know we had them in science class where you could take the liver out and it was plastic. And, you know, they start, they start these kids in medical school on uh, <laughs> something besides human bodies. I mean, even in biology, you know, we cut some things open. Some I don't I don't even remember, you know. But we had some experimental, huh? What was it? What did I have? I can't remember. Frogs. Yeah, I think we had a frog. I appreciate that. I I could I just remember something. I hated stuff like that. But you know, we didn't pra we practice cutting on frogs and stuff like that, and uh, I, <laughs> and so God's smart too, and He'd rather you practice on a car than to practice on a person. So we, he, he'll, he'll lead us to learn faith on things that aren't going aren't gonna to hurt people. Amen? And uh, uh, so he teaches us. He teaches us things. And plus he wants to bless us. I mean, there's lots of motives he has for having us believe him for things. He wants to bless us. He, want, he can give us so much more than we can earn ourselves. Everything I've got, if I had, if I had had to do it myself, if God hadn't, I wouldn't have it. Everything I've got, I couldn't afford in the natural. You know, I, I, I don't make, we don't make enough to drive what we drive and to, to live in what we live in. But we do when faith is mixed with God's supernatural power. And every time we've ever gotten something from God, He had to go through very supernatural means to get it to us. I, I, you know, it's so funny, but we've never just gone, and I, I, if you can, I, I'm glad for you. We've never just gone and applied for a loan and them say, yeah. Yeah, you make enough? Yeah. No, it's, we've, God's always asked us to, for to believe for something they, that they were going to say no to. And we just had to, you know, we just had to believe it through and believe it through. And we were just believing. And, you know, sometimes even walking the floor at night, thanking God for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Not begging, but thanking. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. It's going through. It's going through. And so um, God will God'll stretch you out there. Amen. Um, <clears throat> praise God. So we, we talked about that this morning. Uh, we talked about uh, Daniel and how he got one prayer answered in 11, no, 50 seconds, and, we got, and how he got the second prayer answered in three weeks. And sometimes there's a, there's, a there's a delay because there's demonic opposition sometimes. Sometimes there's not demonic opposition. You know what I'm saying. And so, uh, <clears throat> praise God. That's why Hebrews 6.12 says that, well, I'll just turn over there. Hebrews 6.12 says that uh, be not be that ye be not slothful, but followers followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. 
That's why he tells us, you're going to inherit the promises. You, don't, you not only have to have faith. See, a lot of people have initial faith. You can come into this service and, and just from what Kevin and other we sing, man, my, your faith will rise up there and you'll have, you'll, have a, you'll have faith enough to believe just most anything just in the service where there's a faith atmosphere. But it's going to take more than faith. It's going to take patience. It's going to have to take that continuing faith, that faith that just keeps on, keeps on keeping on after the song service is over and after the preaching's over and you go home and, and your checkbook sticks its tongue out at you and, and says, uh-uh, 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 and you get three bills in the mail you didn't think and the washer breaks down and, oh, we've got an unexpected repair bill or going to have to buy a new washing machine or something. You know, you got to have that patient faith, that keeping on, keeping on. Even when it looks like, it, sound, you, it, look, it may look like heaven said denied. But, but in, it, it, that the delay does not mean denial. Uh, remember in Matthew 21, 19, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, Matthew 21, 19. You know, this microphone seems really hot to me tonight. Might just be just a hair, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It says, um, <coughs> 21, 19. 19 helps. I was looking at nine. It says, uh, Jesus, talking about Jesus, when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee, henceforth forward forever. And, and it says, and presently the fig tree withered away. Now in the New King James, it says immediately. But I can tell you it wasn't immediate. The reason I don't think it was immediate, because if you read the other Gospels, it talks about how they, didn't, they came back the next day and saw that the, that the fig tree had withered. And the King James says presently. So not immediately, but presently. The fig tree withered. And so there, sometimes there's a delay. And it has to do, delays have to do with demonic opposition. But in this case, I don't think demonic opposition, I don't think that there was a demon trying to keep that fig tree alive to y'all. Uh, but, but sometimes it uh, it's has to do with how far and how far much our faith is developed. But in the case of the fig tree, it has to do more with just natural circumstances. The fact that we could go down out here right now and we could chop down a tree, we could get us an axe and we could all take turns chopping on it and, I, and, and we could chop down a tree and, and you know, if, if when we first chopped it down, it would still look alive even though we'd know it's dead because we see it's chopped off from its roots, but it would still look alive. So just by natural things. Just by natural circumstances, there was a delay. Just because that's how nature works. And even sometimes things can look alive for, for several days. You know what I'm saying? You can spray weeds with Roundup, and they can look alive for two or three days. They're just sit there sticking their tongue out at you like, we're alive, we're alive, we're alive. And then all of a sudden those weeds, you know, sometimes it takes a little heat you know, and then those things will collapse and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're dead, they're dying, they're gone. And so just natural things can cause a delay. And so sometimes it's demonic and sometimes it's natural things. And sometimes it's because there's delays because if our prayers have to do with other people. Because God doesn't break people's wills and He begins to influence people when we pray. 
You know, when we're praying for a raise, we talked about that. If Lisa wants a raise, he's got to move on some people at UA. He may not just have to move on her immediate boss because he may not can give raises, but he may have to move on several people. And he may have to go through a process. He may have to recommend that she get a raise. And, then, and so we're going through people and God's going through the processes. And so delay is not denial. Amen. Now, if you've got a, if you've got a, just a tremendously long delay in something, uh, especially something Jesus bought for in redemption, like healing or something, then something's wrong. It's not something wrong with God, and it's not Him withholding. It means your something in your faith is not quite right. You're not quite. You need to make an adjustment in your faith. You need to start changing, and you got to find out from God what you need to change. Because God's not withholding anything that He paid and bought and paid for in redemption. If you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you're not getting it right away, you're going to have to start changing because everybody's supposed to get it when they ask. Amen? And sometimes it can be something wrong in your believing, like you're taught wrong. Like in old time Pentecost, they were taught to tarry. Well, that, God only told people to tarry one time, and that was on the, when He sent them to the upper room to tarry. Now, they were supposed to tarry until the Holy Ghost was poured out. Nobody else is supposed to tarry. But if you're taught wrong, you'll believe wrong, and so you'll be tarrying, waiting on the Holy Ghost instead of acting on, in faith. Amen? So, so uh, the, those are things that can cause delays. Now, we'll go on to number three tonight. Um, and that is uh, never, if you want to be an always answered asker, and these all kind of go together, but never ask God to break his word. You're going to be denied. God's going to stamp it denied in heaven if you ask him to break his word, to do something that's against the word of God. He's going to say denied. No, you, you, that's what James says. You have not because you ask not. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. If you don't receive, then, and you, gotta, you ought to check and see, am I asking amiss? Amen. 1 John 5, 7 says that God and His Word are one. I'll read that to you. I may be there for you, unless you're really fast. 1 John 5, 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. God and His Word are one. He's not going to break His Word. He's not going to go against His Word. Amen? And so uh, we can get denied if we ask a, 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 against His Word. Number four. See, that one didn't take long. Number four is going to take longer. <laughs> And this one's so important. If you want to be an always answered asker, never ask or expect God to do your part. You know, in every situation, there's God's part and there's your part. I've seen more Christians trying to get God to do their part. For instance, let me give you some examples. One thing that's got your part and God's not going to do it for you is believing. God's not going to do your believing for you. And you know, it's amazing how many people try to get either God or try to get somebody else to do their believing for them. God's not going to do our believing for us. 
And he's not, you got to do your own believing. Now, he'll let us when we're baby, baby Christians. Nobody in this room qualifies. We've all been saved longer than that. Hallelujah. But he'll let somebody help you with your believing, believing for you. Now, he'll let, even now, as we're maturing, he'll let people believe with us, mix their faith with us. But we got to get in there with our faith. But, you know, I, I especially notice it like my, my boys, you know, we, we did all the believing for years. And they let us. They kind of liked that, coming on mom and dad's coattail. But then they grew up, and I don't know, and it got where in high school and stuff, sometime around in high school, I don't know exactly when, when it was like that they would... They weren't getting it. They weren't getting manifestations of their healings and stuff like that near as quick, because why? Because God was expecting them to use their faith with mom and dad, and they they weren't responding to that real well. In fact, sometimes mom and dad had to kind of get on to them. You know, you you ought to get on to your kids when they're not using their faith. You know, some parents think, oh, you know now, the spiritual things, those, I just want my child to do what they want to do and, and, but, and, and, and just kind of letting, and I want them to make their own decision. And I'm, if you don't mold them to Christ, the devil will be, he'll be molding them. And so we have to mold our kids. And so, you know, there's been times I've got on to them and said, you better get your faith in the, uh, on there and, and, and get with it, me in this. And then there comes a time when, um, you know, in a lot of areas, I can't, they, they're just kind of on their own. You know, just all I can do is believe with them like a pastor would believe with the rest of the congregation. Y'all understand what I mean. Just like you could believe with them. Amen. And so, um, praise God. So another thing that God won't do for you and is your part is the asking. We just, we talked about that a little bit. He won't do your asking for you. You know, we've been told over and over and again in the Word to ask. And James told us, you have not because you ask not. We don't ask enough. One thing we don't ask enough is we don't ask enough questions. We'll go, we'll, we'll read the Bible and not understand something and not ask. That's kind of, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? To read the Bible and say, well, boy, I don't understand that. And never, never even stop and say, well, Lord, could, could, you, could the Holy Ghost kind of show me what this means? We have not because we ask not. We're doing, out with, we're doing without a lot of stuff we could have if we, could, if we would ask. You know, I, I, I know we don't mean to, but I think we still kind of have that mentality of we just kind of hate to overload. We, we kind of hate to always be asking God. I, I've noticed that, you know, we're, the Bible says we're to come as little children. I've noticed that Carter doesn't ever have that mentality of, of like, well, I just really hate to ask. I mean, it don't matter. We can, every bubble gum machine we walk by, he don't mind asking. Ever to, everything you put, he says, he told me at noon, Nanny, you got any coins? You know? <laughs> and it won't be long till be asking for bills, you know? Nanny, you got any bills? <laughs> you know, uh, he don't mind asking. And uh, he don't get everything he wants, but he, but he asks. He's, he's a master asker. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, <clears throat> hallelujah. So I got one, one thing God spoke to me many, many years ago is he said, Debbie, I'll answer all your prayers, but I won't pray any of them for you. We ought to just be better at that. We ought to be more, more out there and <laughs> asking him, more asking for wisdom. You know, when we don't know what to do, we ought to be asking, Lord, I don't know what to do. 
I'm asking you. I don't understand. Show me this. I'm, and even and when you've, after you've asked and you still don't understand, go back and say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm no, I'm dense. I know you, you don't withhold, but I'm not catching it. Make it plainer. You know? Hallelujah. And, you know, he, I think God loves to be asked. He loves to be treated like our Father. He loves for us to treat Him like a Father, not like some obscure God that we're afraid to approach. Um, uh, he, so he won't, he won't do our asking for us. Um, notice James 4, 2 there where it says, let's read that. We just quoted it so much. You know, Pastor Avery told us to quit quoting it and start re- looking at it. James 4, 2. <coughs> Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Uh, you know, uh, he says there, ye desire and have not. You know, we shouldn't be having the desires that aren't answered. If you've got a desire for something and you hadn't asked God, there's something wrong about that because uh, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I shall not have any unfulfilled desires. Hallelujah. So we ought to be going to God about them. Hallelujah. Even the ones that we don't think are right, we ought to be going to say, God, I don't know why I'm desiring this, and I don't feel good about this. But I'm asking you to take the desire away for this. You know, if we're desiring something that's, that's against His Word, we ought to be going to God with it and dealing with it. Uh, notice it didn't say there that if, that if you don't ask, someone will ask for you. He said, you have not if you ask not. Notice it doesn't say God will ask for you. Notice it doesn't say God knows what you need. There's no need to ask. That's what most Christians, they're more in that category. No need to ask. He knows what you need. Uh, The next thing that God won't do for you, that's your part, is God will not, God, don't expect God to manifest. It is your part to manifest what God has imparted. I got to say this right. It is your part to manifest what God has imparted. When you ask God according to His will, God always responds immediately. So when you ask God for healing, He responds immediately. He does not deny His children. He does not say, wait. He imparts. And He puts the healing power, the healing anointing. He, it, 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 when, when someone prays for us or however we go about getting that, He puts it in our spirit man. And the spirit man is to affect our whole body then. And, it, and so we, we have, that's why he said, believe you receive when you pray. Because when believe you receive, you have it. You know you have it. Now that doesn't mean the flesh lines up. See, a lot of people are looking at their body to see if they have it. There's checking to see how they feel to see if they have it. Amen. But now it's on the inside of me. It's my responsibility to get it to the outside. It's not God's responsibility to get you the manifestation. It's your responsibility to get it from the inside to the outside. So what do you do? You take, you build, you you build your spirit man. You begin to you begin to exercise with your spirit man. One thing you do is you praise him and thank him. You begin to praise him and thank him. You begin to act like you have it because you do. You begin to thank God I'm healed. Well, thank God. Thank God it's over. You know, thank God it's over. Thank God that trial is over. And yet your flesh is still just hollering like a stuck pig. 
just hollering and squealing and screaming and crying and it hurts. But you're saying, well, thank God it's over. Thank God I'm healing. You get a joy about you. And I'm not talking about faking joy. I'm talking about really believing you. If you really believe it's on the inside, it's fixing. I'm telling you, my body is right now recovering. It's lining up. You know, it's hallelujah. You'll have a joy about you. You'll be, you won't be crying about it. You'll be rejoicing about it. Thank God I'm healed. And sometimes we don't actually feel that joy so much as we just receive it and act. It's just faith. We just, by faith, we rejoice. Hallelujah. My emotions aren't real excited right now, but by faith, I'm rejoicing. By faith, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, when I asked, I received. I thank you, Lord, that, that all my body is responding, that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is right now quickening my mortal body. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so you begin to take little steps of faith. You begin to act on your faith and take little steps. You don't just keep doing what you're doing. In other words, if you're in the bed flat of your back and you you begin to take a step towards getting up. That's what God sent Kenneth E. Hagin all over the world to teach us. Because that's when he is laying on that bed of affliction, when he is 17 years old with four incurable heart conditions and paralyzed in his whole body and didn't have anybody to teach him and the only preachers that came to see him came and said oh said that what they say they said something like um oh son it'll all be over soon I mean that's what he got from preachers but he had read Mark 11 22 and 23 and he and he began to act on his faith and he you know paralyzed people can't stand up but he started trying to anyway And it would take hours sometimes just to get a foot to move just a little bit. But he was acting on that. He was acting on it. And finally he got to the point that he fell off in the floor and pulled himself up on the post of the bed. Thanking God that he was healed. You know, I heard a story about the lady. And she went to a big convention. And she had a big old gorder. And she went to a big convention and she got prayed for and she just got a revelation that she was healed and she had it and, 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 but it was still there. And she got up at the, before that convention and she testified and she cried and she said, I just want to thank God I'm healed. And she, and so everybody just kind of bore with her because they, they, uh, they said, well, she's been touched and, uh, by God and, and, you know, she'll have the manifestation soon. And so they all just rejoiced with her. But you know what? She came back the next year and that gorder was still on her neck and she got up again and testified and said, oh, I just want to thank God I'm healed. I'm so thankful and just cried and wept. And I'm just so thankful. Oh, God, I, I'm just so thankful to be healed. And said, and boys, the people were upset with her. And, uh, and then she came back the second year. This is three years and to the convention and that gorder's still there. She got up and testified the third time and said, I just want to thank God I'm healed. I'm so thankful. I just, and she just cried and wept how thankful she was. And you know, they were so upset and the leaders called her aside of that convention. And they said, don't get up there and testify again. Um, 
and that you're healed. And so they got on to her. But so she went home and she said, Lord, I know I'm healed. And I don't even want to bother you about this. She said, I know it. She said, I know I'm healed. But she said, they're all upset about it. So, Lord, you know you're going to have to make this thing disappear for their sakes. Now, for my sake, I don't care because I know I'm healed. And guess what? It went away. <laughs> for their sakes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But see, we got to be like that. We got to be like that. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, um, uh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, it's not God's responsibility to manifest what He's imparted. It's your responsibility to manifest it. It's your responsibility to thank Him, to act on your faith, to pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, when God deposits something in your spirit, if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost, it'll, it, it, you know, it'll charge it throughout your whole body. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's your, it's your responsibility not to worry and fret over it and talk about it and all those kind of things, but to be thanking God for it. Um, 2 Timothy 1.6 says to stir up the gift of God that is in you. You know, when God puts a gift inside of us, a healing or any other kind of gift, we're responsible to stir it up, aren't we? So we're responsible to stir that up. Uh, the next thing that God won't do for you is He won't wage a good warfare until your manifestation comes. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. I know it got quiet in this Presbyterian church. Woo! Y'all switched over on me. It says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies, or we could say promises, which went before on thee, that thou by them warst a good warfare. See, we got, it's not, not a, God's responsibility to war the good warfare with the promises. But we wore a good warfare with the promise. We just thank you, Father, that our needs are met. We're warring a good warfare. We may have a lack. We may not be able to pay our bill. But we've gone before God and we've asked. And so we're rolling the care of it over on Him. And we're taking the promises of God. And we're speaking them back to Him. And we're thanking Him that He provides our needs. We're thanking Him that He orders our steps. We're thanking Him that we have wisdom. And we're just, we're, hallelujah, we're waging the good warfare with the promises of God. We're taking them. And that's our responsibility to do that. Um, the next thing that's our responsibility that God won't do for us is speak to the mountain. Mark eleven twenty three. Now sometimes we forget this part. Sometimes we speak to the mountain. But you know many times, um, and I was reminded of this like recently, we just pray and ask God for healing, but we forget to speak to the mountain. We're supposed to, you know family, we're supposed to be speaking to the pain. We're supposed to be speaking to our joints. We're supposed to be speaking to our stomach. And whatever it is we're believing God for, we're supposed to be speaking to the mountain. We're supposed to be saying, pain, you're the mountain. I command you to leave my shoulder right now in Jesus' name. We're supposed to be speaking to the mountain, not just praying, not just believing we receive. See, lots of people are praying and they're really believing. They really are in faith and they really are. They do really believe that they received when they prayed. But they just don't ever think about speaking to the mountain. But he told us we're to speak to the mountain. We're to be speaking to the mountain of debt. Not just praying and believing we receive. That's good. But we're to be speaking to that mountain of debt. 
Are you talking to your bills? Are you talking to credit card bills? Hallelujah. Well, now, are you talking to pain? Commanding it to leave in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And you know, we got to be led in this. Because if we're, if we're, if we're, pain, I told you to leave in Jesus' name. And in two minutes, we're, I told you to leave pain in Jesus' name. Pain, I command, you see, do y'all see how the devil already saying, hey, they don't believe what they, they didn't believe what they said the first time. So, but on the other hand, it's not right either just to say it one time in December and never say, Hallelujah. So that's what we have the Holy Ghost for, to lead us when we're supposed to speak again. Hallelujah. And we don't speak in unbelief. I mean, we speak and we believe, praise God, that when we tell that mountain to leave, it has to go. Amen. Amen. So be led by the Spirit in that. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that God won't do for you and that is your part, is resisting the devil. Resisting the devil is your part. And yet we hear people pray all the time and say, God, Father, I'm just asking you to, to, to just keep the devil out of this situation. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He's not going to keep the devil out of nothing. It is completely and 100% up to you to take care of the devil and resist the devil. Now, he paid the price, and the Bible says he, he made a show of him openly. He defeated the devil, and the devil has no power. But he, the devil's going to act like he does until we enforce the defeat. We have to enforce the devil's defeat. And God won't resist the devil for us. And when, and when we don't resist the devil... And, and sometimes praying's not the right thing to do. Sometimes praising's not the right thing to do. I know I told about this, but I'll repeat it just to help people. But, you know, when I got attacked with that spirit of fear in 1994, I was driving in my car. Fear came into my car, and I didn't resist the devil. I didn't do the right thing, and it cost me years because I didn't know to resist the devil. I had a Bible, though, so I was without excuse, wasn't I? But I didn't know to resist the devil. So what I do? I started praying in tongues. Well, praying in tongues is a good thing, but that wasn't the time to pray in tongues. I needed to resist the devil, command the spirit of fear to leave in the name of Jesus, and I didn't. And I just prayed in tongues, and I started saying, I prayed in tongues, and I started saying something like, Thank you, Jesus. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. And yes, praise is good, but that wasn't the time for praise. I needed to resist the devil. And it cost me years because I didn't know that. Because he didn't leave at tongues and he didn't leave at praising God. And, he, and that spirit of fear hung around and, and hallelujah. And so the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge and I did. Because I just didn't know to resist the devil. I didn't know it was my part. And I was one of those Christians. I prayed. I, I mean, I remember I went home, told pastor about what happened, and I went to my little cubby hole of prayer, got down on my knees. I was seeking God, beseeching God, asking God. And, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere fast. Because God wasn't going to do anything about the spirit of fear. I had to do something about the spirit of fear. And I didn't know to. 
Amen. God's not going to resist the devil. For us, he's not going to. You can cry about the devil to God all you want to. But it ain't going to change nothing. Amen. Uh, if the devil's stealing from you financially, you got to do something about it. If he's stealing from you and your family with health, and, that, and then when he steals you with health, he steals financially too, don't he? I mean, it, then you've got to do something about the devil. Amen. You ought to ask the Lord, am I handling this right? I didn't know to then, but I know better now. Another thing that's your part and God's not going to do for you is the praise and thanksgiving. In Philippians 4, 6, tells us a little clue about faith. Because, you know, after you've prayed, after you've believed you received, after you've resisted the devil, now what do I do with myself? Well, two things you do. You praise and you uh, give thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6 says... Uh, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, that's asking, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So when we supplicate or when we ask, then we have, well, then we have thanksgiving. And that's what we do after we've asked and after we've resisted the devil and after we've spoke to the mountain, we just start thanking God and praising Him and just speaking the Scripture and acting on our faith, acting like the Word of God is true. Because it is. And so we act like it is. And we, take, we do things we couldn't do and sometimes our flesh don't want to do. See, because your flesh is going to try to lead you the other way. Your flesh is going to say, no, you need to go lay down and take a nap. <laughs> you know, because recently I got attacked with, I don't know what it was, sinus or whatever. And, and you know, I didn't let myself go to bed. I felt like going to bed, but I didn't let myself. Because I believed I received. And when I prayed, and sick, well, people don't go to bed. And so I didn't. I was, that was my act of faith. And you know, we're led by the Spirit. Every act's different. I didn't, all, I didn't go out and run a foot race that day, but I didn't go to bed. And I tried to be productive, and I, came, I never missed work. I kept coming to work, kept, you know, believing God, thanking God. I thank you, Lord. My body's responding to the Word of God. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed. Thank God, oh, hallelujah, that the same Spirit is quickening my mortal body. I speak to my sinuses. I command them to be open in Jesus' name. I speak to my bronchial tube. I mean, I was speaking to the mountain. I was commanding congestion to dry up. You know, I was speaking to the mountain. I was doing what I was supposed to do and thanking God. Amen. And I was exercising patience. Hallelujah. With God and with myself. My faith is not developed to the point where I get instant results every time. I've got instant results a few times. Actually, in December or November, this thing tried to come on me. And I got in there quick. And I tell you, I got it, it, I got it before it got me. But this time, I don't know if I was just too, if I didn't, I just didn't get it quick enough or what. I don't know. But I don't even question that because I know Jesus bought and paid for it. I don't undermine my own faith. I don't put condemnation on myself. I just, I just do what I'm supposed to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all see what I'm saying. Okay, so number five, we're moving on. That was God's part and and your part. This the next thing, if you're going to be always answered asker, is you're going to have to be prepared to make adjustments along the way. In other words, you know, just like I said, I've learned so many things. 
But, you know, what if I hadn't been willing to, to learn and change and, and grow? And, and, you know, and some people just want to keep praying like they've always prayed, keep doing what they've always done, and they're not getting results, but yet they don't change. Now, family, that's how the body of Christ is, uh, is acting. You know, it's nearly kind of like, well, a we-know-it-all attitude. They don't have any concept of revelation growing and, and God's getting, there's more to know, there's more to receive, there's more to learn. And so we're, we're, we're in our churches praying prayers that, uh, praying prayers that we prayed the same prayer for 40 something years, 60 something years, and nothing's changing and we're not planning on changing, we're not planning on learning anything, you know. We ought to be planning on changing, planning on learning. I, I think I think we ought, you know, I'm going to be concerned about me if I'm still doing everything exactly the same way next year. I hope we'll know something more. And I'm expecting to learn every time I come to church how to fine-tune my faith, how to better do it. And I, don't, I tell you, we don't go back in that prayer room and pray the same old prayers every week. We get in there and we're led by the Spirit and... Uh, uh, we let the Holy Ghost lead us. We let the Holy Ghost teach us. But if we're still... And you know, I want to tell you something. I do everything in my power to get rid of religion. When I find myself... And you know, you can revert. When I find myself saying things like, Oh, most gracious Heavenly Father. You know, I was like, Whoa, get away from me. And He is most gracious. And He is my Heavenly Father. But I do everything to break out of that religion and that tradition. And you need to. You need to fight that off. And if you find your voice, you know, if you have to put a and on the ever and and you know you ought to get rid of do something. You know what I'm saying? Break do like Joe Morris. Anything to get rid of religion. Amen. Hallelujah! But and you, and you go, y'all are laughing because y'all don't do that. Preachers do that, you know. But uh, sometimes we get that little religion in our voice when we start praying. Oh God! Oh Lord! You know, and that's just religion. Hallelujah. It is. You might as well say amen. amen. Hallelujah. So we're, uh, we're making adjustments. We're changing. We're, we're, uh, we, we're planning to grow. We're planning to change. We're planning to understand faith better. We're planning to under... You know, I hope I have to come in here five years from now and say, scratch all of that on some areas. I know there's some things we won't. I mean, I'll tell you honestly... Ten years ago, we didn't know all this in Christ stuff. We didn't know it. Uh, now, you know, now I know. I used to talk about the old man. You know, and the... Uh, and the I, I, I thought we, had, we were born again, but you know, when I sinned, it was the old man. I didn't know the old man had been annihilated. Now I know. Hallelujah. So I know some things I didn't know, praise God. And it's sure helping me. Ooh, when I started learning that, I started getting my healings much faster. Amen. In Christ. I, when I started dwelling over on the fact that God loves me, I started getting healing much faster. When I found out God wasn't withholding because I'd messed up, mm, that helped me so much. So God talks about perfecting the saints, and that's what He's talking about. 
He's talking about us having more and more revelation, more and more understanding where our faith is concerned. 1 Thessalonians 3.10. You ought to pray this over yourself. Hallelujah. Because you know... God's not going to make exceptions for you. And if you don't change, you're going to, if you do it the same way you did it 10 years ago, you're going to have the same thing you had 10 years ago. So we're going to have to change. And I, I plan to change. 1 Thessalonians 3.10 Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. There can be things lacking in our faith. See, most of the church is just saying, well, it's up to God. It's God. Well, you know, I prayed in God and it's up to God. Well, it's not up to God. Most people think it is. This, this message is not popular. People want God to be responsible. They, won't, they don't want to take responsibility that it's their fault. And they have to change and they have to do something about it. They want to put a bumper sticker on their car that says God's in control. But the truth is, He wants to complete anything that's lacking in our faith. And we have to be willing to change when He shows us something. Amen. We hear Brother Copeland on TV. He's, he's putting it out. There's a bunch of people putting out things that say change. Change. Uh, <clears throat> number six uh, on how to be a master asker. Don't abort the mission. Hallelujah. How many of us have gone off on a faith journey, started off, Believe in God for something and aborted the mission. You know what I'm saying? See, once you set out to receive from God, don't stop. Even if you find out from God and you come in here and the Lord Holy Ghost preaches and, and, you, and, and you find out, I've been doing everything wrong. So don't stop. Just make the adjustments on your little faith journey that we're on. Amen. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. Amen. You know, Brother Hagen taught it to us this way. He said, keep the switch of faith turned on. When you come up for healing, when you come up for healing and your hands are laid on you, you got to keep the switch of faith turned on. I mean, I just two examples came to my mind. When he tells that story about keeping the switch of faith turned on, he talks about the family whose little girl had the crippled feet. I believe it. I'm not misunderstood. If, if I'm not wrong, I think they were club feet. And they came up to one of his meetings to, to, to get her prayed for, and nothing happened. But they stayed in faith. They kept the switch of faith turned on. They stayed in faith that they had received something when she got prayed for. And in a few days, the she, mama was bathing the baby, had, had the little girl in the bathtub. All of a sudden, those legs just snapped into place. Because they kept the switch of faith turned on. They didn't go home and say, well, I guess we didn't get it. Because see, they would have turned the switch of faith off. And I was thinking about, what's your parents' pastor's name? Ruth. Nuzo. Pastor Nuzo in Pennsylvania, he's, he, he had a little boy that had, uh, aut he was autistic. Very bad, I think, too. And, uh, and, this, and so he, uh, he went, the Lord spoke to him when Kenneth E. Hagin had his Holy Ghost meetings in Birmingham a few years ago. Uh, he, the Lord told him to take that little boy down and to those Holy Ghost meetings in, in Birmingham and have him prayed for. And he did and nothing happened. And they stayed in faith. And I think it was like three years that they stayed in faith about that little boy. Now that little boy is completely normal. Goes to regular school. Hallelujah. Completely healed. 
Amen. Because they didn't quit, they kept the switch of faith turned on. God can't do this part for us. He can't keep us in faith. We have to stay in faith. Hebrews 10.35 And the way it's easy to stay in faith is when we have based our faith not on just something somebody else believes, or, but when we base our faith on the written Word of God. That's why it's so important for you to absolutely be in total confidence that this is God's will and, and for you to absolutely be in confidence that the promises of God are for you and they're yes and they're amen. And then it's easier to stay in that faith. And to keep that switch of faith turned on. Because if you're just basing them on a feeling, yeah, I think I'll go up for prayer. Yeah, I, I'd like to have that. And you know, lots of people go to meetings. I'd like to get healed. I, yeah, and I do believe Jesus heals. And, uh, but they don't have any basis for their believing because they haven't opened the Bible and put their faith on the specific promises of God. That's what will hold you in the line. Amen. And so don't abort the mission. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Hallelujah. Don't cast away your confidence. Keep the switch of faith turned on. The New Living Translation says, Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord, no matter what happens. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. Amen. So stay in faith. Hallelujah. If you have a faith train wreck, if you asked a miss and you asked for something and uh, you didn't receive it, well, uh, just keep, just start over. Pick yourself up. That's how Pastor and I have kept going all these years. Is every time things just hadn't worked right, we've just kept ourselves, we just pick ourselves up off the floor, brush ourselves off, and start, just start in faith again wherever we're at. Amen. Because you're going to miss it sometimes. You're going to think that you want you believe for something and it's not going to happen exactly like you thought. I tell you, I think when you get in the most trouble is when not what you believe, but when you put a time limit on it. You know, I won't, you know, and sometimes the time limits are necessary. I mean, if you've got a bill that says due the 12th of March, well, bless God, you've got to have it the 12th of March, don't you? Well, sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not. Because I've we've had through the years we've had lots of bills due that we were believing God for, and we've learned to be flexible with God and let Him work it out. You know, we all want it to be where we believe God for a hundred dollars and bless God, somebody walks us up and hands us a hundred dollars, or we believe God for twenty thousand dollars and somebody walks up and hands us twenty thousand. That's how we want it to be. And sometimes we've needed 20000 and the bank was said 20000 was due. But we've learned to use our faith but be flexible with God and not have Him in such a box that it has to be a certain way because it, our faith is developing. And we can develop our faith where we can believe 20000 in, but it takes some of us a while. And I know we have had to let God work some things out some different ways. But some people just refuse the hand of God if it don't come just like they thought it would. 
like we did because we were believing God. We were buying a house in Seminole. We had put $2,500 escrow down on it. We had so many days to fulfill the contract or lose the escrow. And we had our house for sale. Our loan was approved based on the sale of our house. And we were believing God to sell that house. And it wasn't selling at all. And so God had Michael's father come who is not pro-spirit-filled, wasn't pro-ministry, and wasn't pro-us moving to Seminole. God used him anyway. He came and said, I'll buy the house. And we said, no, thank you. God's just going to do it. Uh, duh. <laughs> you know, because we had him in a box that it had to be a certain way. And so several more days passed, and it still wasn't happening. So we got to thinking, well, maybe it, it well, finally we did call somebody, and we didn't know anybody. We didn't have a pastor, you understand, because uh, we were fixing to be the pastor. We didn't have anybody to ask, and we didn't know any other spirit-filled pastors. And so... Uh, we didn't know who to ask, and we had gone to a full gospel businessmen's meeting, and a man named Bud Queener had told his testimony of how in Clovis, New Mexico, he needed $25,000 or something, and somebody called him on the phone and said, meet me at Denny's, and he went down to Denny's, and they wrote him a check for $25,000, so we said, that might be a good person to ask. You know, we wanted to ask somebody that was having success, and he was having success. So we call information and find out the man's phone number and call him in Clovis, New Mexico, and it explained to him that we don't have anybody to ask and we heard him at a full gospel businessmen's meeting and could told him what Michael's dad had offered could this be God and he said of course it's God and he probably is still shaking his head over those little idiots down in Seagraves Texas that you know Hallelujah. But see, we had God in a box, but so many people get disappointed in their faith because they've put a deadline, they've put a date, and they and you know, and God's working with our faith and it's 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 incomplete at best. He could do it. He can do it. But he's working with us and our faith. And so and so uh, hallelujah. And 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 you know, but a lot of times we want to turn him down. Because we dreamed it would be a certain way. We thought it would be, you know, we kind of have movie star dreams about how it's going to be. I like that, go down to Denny's and somebody just writes you a check. I like that, don't you? Okay, so we keep the switch of faith turned on and we are flexible with God uh, and when it comes to our faith. And we're willing to admit, I don't know where I missed it, God, but I don't know, somehow I messed this one up. Help me, Jesus, help me start a new faith venture. Amen. You'll do better as you get. We've done better. We've done better at knowing God. We've done better at recognizing what is God, what's not God. You know, we've done better as we've grown. You'll do better too as you grow and as you mature. You'll do better than we did because you just got somebody to teach you. We didn't have anything but a cassette tape. That's all we had as far as teaching. And our family was all against us. Even our grandmother was against us because we just closed down the Bible study. And she said, God never closes down Bible studies. And so, you know, and she didn't understand why we were moving to Seminole because they hadn't told us we were going to be the pastor yet. Only we knew that. We knew it in our heart. And nobody else even knew it. So we were moving on faith just knowing we were... So we couldn't even tell somebody, you know why we're moving is because we're going to be the pastor. We couldn't even say that. So everybody was against it. But you don't... You don't you, hey, praise God. 
It's 2004. We know a lot more about faith. There's more out there. You've, you can do so much better than we ever did because you got access. And there's more understanding in the earth. Okay, number the last thing is the last thing about being always answered asker is be prepared not to waver. You're going to have to be prepared to, for the long haul. A lot of people want to try faith. You can't try the faith movement. You've got to just jump in with both faith feet and say, from now on, the rest of my life, I'm going to be developing my faith and I'm going to walk by faith. I don't care if I have train wreck. I don't care if I, you know, if I mess up, if I miss, I'm just going to keep on. You can't try faith. You're either faith and you're, or you're not. Amen. You got to fish or cut bait. And when you're a faith person, you got to be prepared not to waver because the devil is going to challenge you. You're not just going to believe for everything and the devil say, okay. No, he's going to, he sees you and you, you, especially, you know, when we first get a revelation, boy, we're excited. And he sees excitement and he gets him a five gallon bucket. The devil does. <laughs> of water, or sometimes worse than that, of manure. <laughs> it's not even water sometimes. And he throws it in your face. And you'll think, man, all hell broke loose against me. You start starting out on this faith thing. People have come to our church before and said, man, I, 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 ever since I've been coming to this church, whew, I've been fighting a fight. Well, that's because that ought to give them a clue. It's the will of God. Hallelujah. Be prepared not to waver. Hebrews 10.23. We just, did we read that? No, we didn't. Hebrews 10.23. Um, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. You know, sometimes you're going to have to hold on with all your might and all. You're going to just be, because you're going to be tempted to waver. Joyce Meyer said that, you know, she'd be so tempted to make a wrong confession that she would go to the bathroom and, and stick a washcloth in her mouth just so she couldn't talk. Just stuff a washcloth in her mouth just so she just couldn't say what she was wanting to say. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, you know, there's been times when Pastor and I, you know, we, you just couldn't hardly carry on a conversation. You know, I would, there's been times that I wanted to tell him uh, my problem and so bad, and I would go, but there was no way to say it without, in faith, and I would say, uh, uh, and I really, it would be just like this. Uh, well, you know, uh, because, and, and, you know, because you just can't say it. And so you just got to, you just got, because to say it is to waver. And so you just got to go and say, oh God, help me, strengthen me. Thank you, Jesus. That's all you can do. James 1, 6 says, we're closing. This is our last scripture, we hope. James 1, 6. Uh, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Don't matter what we're asking for. It's talking about wisdom here, but it don't matter what you're asking for. Nothing wavering. You know, that's the reason most of us have asked and not received right there. It's because we asked and then we wavered. And he says, he goes on to say there, uh, For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And this is so unfortunate, this verse. But let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. 
If we waver, we're not going to receive anything. See, we want God. See, I, like my little friend in Odessa, Texas, she said, I'm just going to hold my finger over that verse. Every time, she said, every time I get to, every, when she got to a verse she didn't like, she just held her finger over it and, and read around it. <laughs> this was a pastor's wife, too. And, uh, but I don't care if you hold, you can hold your finger over it if you want to, but it still says it. And I don't like it either. I wish God would just kind of go on what I intended to do, intended to believe, intended not to waver, wished I wouldn't waver, but I did waver. And so that's why I didn't get what I wanted, because I wavered. A lot of times. Sometimes it's not. But it's usually one of two things. You either asked to miss, you asked out of God's will, or you wavered. Hallelujah. Or you didn't do your part or all of these things. Hallelujah. It could be any of them, couldn't it? See, if you waver, though, now listen, and I tell you this on closing. If you waver, don't throw everything out. Just get right back on track. Don't oh, give up. Well, that's over. Might as well just go to the Presbyterian church because I, I can't even fit in down there at the faith church. I just go to the Presbyterian no, don't give up. Just, just start right where you're at. Amen? Hallelujah. I like this. Preaching sitting down. I thought I'd try that. Hallelujah. Um, just start over. I've, only, I've started over ten times in one day before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just start over. Just adjust your faith. Father, forgive me for that wrong confession. I renounce that. I, I have, boy, you know, I take spells of having to renounce about half of what I say. You, you know, you'll just say the wrong thing. I'm getting better, though. I'm growing in that. But I just renounce it, and I just say, well, okay, Father, I'm just, you know, because you ever have a little emotional fit? <laughs> just let it all hang out and then realize, oops, that wasn't faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, just start over. But you know what? You ought to get where we're, we ought to get where we're not having to do this. We ought to get where we're not wavering. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now put these things into practice. Be the Bible says uh, in James there. He says uh, not just to be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. That you have to put these things into practice. So put these things into practice, and you'll be an always answered asker. Amen. And you'll get your prayers answered. And I like to get my prayers answered. Don't want to pray anything God's not going to answer. And so just like Miss Gloria, there's some things right now that I'm fellowshipping with him about. You know, especially when it comes to material things. I'm fellowship with the Holy Spirit about it before I ask. And say, so I'm not going to ask unless I know this is your will. Because I don't want, you know, I want to get my prayers answered. Amen. And you know, when we go to pray for other people, we ought to think first. What does the Word say? I know Kathleen and I was in the prayer room one night, and meant, this has been quite a few years ago, two or three, four years ago, I can't remember, but that Chandra Levy. And I remember we, we were going to pray. We were going to pray and say, Lord, uh, bring her home alive. But then we said, well, we don't want to pray a prayer that God might not can answer, and we didn't know if she's alive or dead, so we had to change our prayer in order to pray a prayer that God could answer. So what we said is, Lord, help them find her. And they did find her, and she was dead. 
And you know, that, I know that may seem like a small thing, but it's so important to pray prayers that God can answer because when you pray prayers that God can't answer, like if we had prayed and said, God, bring her home alive, and the next day on the news we heard she was dead, we would have said, God didn't answer our prayer. But he couldn't. She is already dead when we prayed. Do you all see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, you know, <clears throat> so I, I stop and think before I pray. Now, the other day, uh, Kevin was going to take my car to Birmingham back in for Christmas to, the, uh, to, get it, to get it tuned up or something. And he was taking it to Birmingham for us. And uh, the day before was Monday, and I had... Had, no, it wasn't. I don't know what day it was. But I had the angel food deposit, which I had over a thousand and something dollars in a money bag. And I went to Regions Bank to deposit it on 69 here on, Lake, on Lurleen Wallace Boulevard. And there was like six or eight cars in the drive-in window. And I said, forget that. And so I thought, I'll do it in the morning. And I left that money bag in the seat going to the car shop. I mean, it was down in between my seat with several thousand dollars in it. I wasn't worried about Kevin, I want you to know, but I was worried about the, but I did, but those people, you know, because at the place where we take our car, they wash it and vacuum it. So I knew they was going to see that money back. The problem was my appointment was at 10 o'clock in the morning for the car, and I didn't think of it till 2 in the afternoon. So i got a problem here. It's over, but I need to pray. So I went to the scripture that says, He hears before we ask. And I said, Lord, your word promises that you hear before we ask. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask this now. And, and because you heard it at 9 o'clock this morning, before I asked at 2 o'clock, it's going to be in effect, and there's nothing going to be happening to that money. So when Kevin got home, went and looked, yes, the money was there. But see, you, you can pray prayers in reverse if you understand. Now, you can't, you can't get pregnant and, go and, start praying for it, and start praying for it to be a boy. Once you're pregnant, it's already decided. Now, see, I did that, and it didn't work. I forgot to pray. I was so busy trying to get the baby that I forgot to ask what kind. And so, but anyway, and I was so glad I got Eric anyway, and God knew. Hallelujah. I got Eric, but I, I, was, I prayed for a girl, but I prayed too late. And so I got Eric, and I'm glad I did. I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. I just, I couldn't have handled a girl. I found out later, I, I think God even really, I actually think that's why, you know, God will block things from your mind so you don't know it. He'll let you not see things so you won't ask. And I think he actually, because I'm smarter than that, you know, and he actually kept that out of my mind so I wouldn't pray for a girl because he wanted to give me a boy because he knew I didn't need no girl. I'm real good with boys. I'm real good with them. But I didn't need a girl. And I needed Eric. And so I was thankful I got him. But it, it took me a while to sort all this out. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, Jesus. But anyway, you can pray. Boy, you can, I tell you what, prayer works. Hallelujah. Prayer works. Prayer works. 
So you better be careful what you pray for. And, and hallelujah, thank God. You know, God, God will hide things from you. He don't show you everything you don't need to know. Amen. I won't go into all of that, but I, I know a bunch of things he's hid from me until later. When I could handle that. Amen. Glory. Well, let's stand up together. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to be a prayer. And I want you to be an always answered asker. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, Father, we thank you for a, a new revival of prayer in this church in Jesus' name. We are bold askers. We're always answered askers. And we're getting bold. Hallelujah. We're getting bold with our prayers in our city and for our city. We're getting bold in our prayers for our church. We're getting bold in our asking that, oh, for the families that are coming into this church, we thank you for them. In the name of Jesus, we, Father, we're getting bold, hallelujah, and asking for souls. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the nations, the lost for our inheritance. We thank you, Father God, for I thank you, Lord God, that your, your, your people are bold in their asking in their homes and in their families. And we are having testimonies in this church of answered prayer. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for it. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for perfecting that which is lacking in our faith, perfecting that which concerns us. And I just thank you, Lord God, that healing is manifesting all over this place. Even as we have understanding of our part, I thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, all over this place, healing in manifestation in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Finances manifesting, supernatural debt reduction manifesting all over this house in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. This year is the year of more, and we receive it. We take it. It's ours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Well, Kevin left, so we're just going to go home. Y'all want to? But I'm going to be up here at the front. I'll still pray with anybody. And uh, otherwise, we're dismissed. We'll be back on Wednesday.